Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Welcome back to the Red Letter Challenge. If you haven't been with us over the last uh, two weeks, we have entered into the Red Letter Challenge in the season of Lent, which is a 40-day discipleship journey. And in this Red Letter Challenge, we are being introduced to five principles of Jesus followers. Five things that followers of Jesus have been called and commanded and asked by him to do. So let's just refresh our memories of these five things. They are being, forgiving, serving, giving, and going. This last week, uh, last week starting last Sunday, was the week of being. And if you were doing these individual readings and challenges at home, my prayer for you and your families is that you were maybe introduced or reintroduced to some spiritual disciplines that perhaps have been missing from your life. And in so doing, perhaps my prayer for you is that you and your family experienced what it looks like to be intentional about finding your presence and your center in the love of Jesus Christ. This is my prayer for you, and that in that being, that you found hope and peace and joy and life in Jesus Christ. Starting today is the week of forgiving. That's why that one is highlighted for you. Starting today is the week of forgiving. If you opened up the reading for today, if you've done the reading yet today, uh, in the reading, Pastor Zach, the author, shared some of his encounters with the local police in his community that he had had. And, and I need to share with you this morning about some of my encounters with the police of the Copper Country. Wonderful folks. In my experience and encounters with the police in the Copper Country, I have only experienced grace. Grace. In the first few months that I lived in the Copper Country, it's, I've been here almost nine years, in the first few months I had a couple of run-ins. One day, leaving work from Houghton here, we lived in Hancock, and so I crossed the bridge and went into our neighborhood, and I drove through an intersection in Hancock, went right through that intersection, as soon as I got through the intersection, I heard the woo or however, whatever po uh, Hancock police uh, car sound makes, and the lights flash, and so I pulled over, and the police officer, Hancock police officer, good folks, came up to my window, and he said, do you know why I pulled you over? And I said, actually, I, I don't. So he gave me a long lecture about my failed attempts to stop completely at that stop sign, and I had a long lecture and learned about all the consequences and, and the th bad things that can happen when people run through stop signs. And so he went on for a while, and then he asked for the license and registration. I gave it to him. He went back to the car, and I'm thinking, oh, man, they got the, the number of the new pastor in town, you know? I'm thinking, oh, shoot, <laughs> you know? So... He comes back a couple minutes later and, and then adding on to his lecture of, again about the dangers of running through stop signs, which I know all about now, he handed me my back my license and registration, no ticket, no warning. He just said, please pay attention to the stop signs. Enjoy the rest of your day. A couple of weeks later, it was a Wednesday evening after a Lenten service and I was driving home from church. It was dark out that night. 
And I was driving down 26 towards the lift bridge from church here. And you know how it drops from uh, 45 miles an hour to 35 miles an hour? I did not slow down at 35 miles an hour. And I got to that first stop sign in the Uper Loop uh, as I'm heading to the next stop sign. And as I, at that stop sign, making a complete stop, by the way, I notice a police officer behind me, not with his lights on. I'm thinking, okay, make sure you stopped completely, Aaron. So then I went through the stop sign, and as I got in that middle section between the two stop signs, uh, then he turned his lights on and pulled me over in that middle section. Now, it's dark out, and he's got that big light shining on me, and, and, and I came to find out later on that some of you were also heading home from church, and you could see very clearly who got pulled over, and you're thinking, poor, poor pastor, you know, what did he do? And so he grabs, you know, he comes up and he says, you know, do you know why I pulled you over? I said, I think I was speeding. He said, yes, you were. License and registration. He goes back to his car. Comes back a few minutes later. Please slow down, sir. Here's your license and registration back. No ticket. No written warning. Just grace. A few weeks later, uh, this time... Uh, my wife is in the car with me. We don't have children at this time. We're heading south out of town. I think we were going to Camp Luther. It was a beautiful uh, Sunday afternoon, spring day. The sun was out. Uh, we, we were driving along. We had no children at this time, so our conversation was uninterrupted. And we were literally talking about what we had learned at church that morning, just enjoying the day. And as we're going along, uh, the rolling hills, somewhere between Toivola and Twin Lakes, a state trooper this time. I'm, I'm sharing the love. I'm getting them all. He comes this way, and then you see him whip around, and I'm going, oh, no. So we do the whole pullover thing. He says, what, do you know I pulled you over? I said, I think I was speeding. He says, yes, you were speeding. Uh, he says, why were you speeding? I said, I, you just weren't paying attention, you know. And so he goes, license registration. Comes back, no ticket, no written warning, just grace. So he says, you know, enjoy the rest of your day. Please slow down. At this point, I'm starting to have a conversation with God. And I'm telling God, God, I'm pretty sure I need a ticket. I deserve a ticket. I, I can't just be, you can't just keep letting me get off the hook. This isn't doing any good. A few weeks later, <laughs> it's Sunday morning, Palm Sunday, Confirmation Sunday. It's going to be a beautiful day. It's spring it's spring. The sun is out. I'm driving to church through downtown Hancock about 6.15 in the morning. And as I go past the holiday station towards the lift bridge, the sun is coming up over the lift bridge. I go down, get on the lift bridge. The water is still and calm. I'm just thinking about the great celebration of Confirmation Palm Sunday. This day, I decide to go up the Uper Loop to head up Bridge Street to come up here. And as I'm going through the Uper Loop, the lights come on. Sunday morning, 6.15 in the morning. I get pulled over in the Freedom gas station. We're back to the Hancock police now. We've gone full circle. Hancock police, he comes up to the door. He says, sir, do you know I pulled you over? I said, I, I'm assuming I was speeding. He said, yeah, you were going 50 down in the 25 past the holiday gas station. I said, I'm so sorry, sir. He said, are you, are you responding to some sort of emergency this morning? And you realize up until this point, if you've been paying attention, not once yet have I told anybody what I do for a profession. But this morning, in response to the question, is this an emergency you're responding to, I actually responded like this. Well, officer, um, I'm not responding to emergency this morning, but there are times where I do respond to emergency situations. <laughs> you see, I am a, a pastor at a local church. I'm not, it's not an emergency this morning. I'm just on my way to get ready for a Sunday morning church. License and registration. <sighs> oh, no. So he goes back, and I'm like, why did you do the pastor card thing? You didn't need to do that. You know. He comes back. 
He says, slow down, sir. Here's your license and registration. Have a great, great day. No, no ticket, no written warning, just, just grace. And after that one, I said to God, God, I get it. I get it. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to pay attention to all the traffic laws. I get it. You know what I learned at that moment? Finally, grace has the power to change lives. Grace has the power to change lives. Would you put that up on the screen, please? Grace has the power to change lives. There was no record of my wrongdoing, not with the police, not with my insurance company. It's as if it never happened. Yet for me, it did happen. It did happen. Grace changed me. It literally did. I have slowed down. I have paid more attention. Not because I was punished, but because of grace. Because of grace. In the Old Testament lesson today from Genesis chapter 50, we, we read the tail end of the story of Joseph and his brothers. If you've never read this whole story, go home and read it. It's good stuff. It would be essentially Genesis chapters 37 through 50. You can read that when you go home. But let me recap this story of what happened to Joseph and his brothers. Joseph had 10 older brothers and one younger brother. Joseph's dad, Jacob, also called Israel, gave Joseph some preferential treatment in life, and his older brothers weren't real fans of that. One day, uh, Joseph's older brothers were out tending to his father's flock way off away from home, and so uh, Jacob, the father, said to Joseph, why don't you go check on your brothers? And so Joseph went to check on his brothers, and eventually he found them, and they saw him coming at a distance. And at that point, they realized, ha, here's our chance to get rid of this poor kid. Let's make plans to kill him when he gets here. Reuben, the oldest brother, heard about this, and he said, no, 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 we can't kill our brother. And so they decided instead to throw him in a pit in the desert, a pit. And they were going to leave him there, left, 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 left for dead. But then Judah, one of the other brothers, see these traders coming in and think, well, we can make a little bit of money off of our brother. So when the traders came, they gave their brother to these men and they sold him and they took Joseph off to Egypt. Meanwhile, the brothers took Joseph's uh, coat, that one of many colors. If you've seen the movie or the play, he did have a coat of many colors that his dad gave to him. They sacrificed, or they, they killed a goat, and they took the goat's blood, put it on the coat, and sent it off to their father to tell their dad that poor Joseph has died. Meanwhile, in Egypt, Joseph has been given a special gift from God to be able to interpret dreams. Joseph is in prison, and Pharaoh, who is over all of Egypt, has a troubling dream that nobody can help him understand. They hear through the grapevine that this prisoner named Joseph can interpret dreams, and so he's brought to Pharaoh. And he interprets the dream for Pharaoh in which, uh, in which he tells Pharaoh there's going to be a time of great prosperity in the land and then a famine for seven years. And so he says to Pharaoh, you need to store up your crops for all these years so that you can withstand the famine. Pharaoh understands and takes Joseph's uh, dream interpretation to heart and he puts Joseph in charge of this project. Well, everything comes true as Joseph had it predicted and eventually, people, droves from all the region, come to Egypt during the famine begging for food, including Joseph's own family. His own brothers come to him begging for food. Joseph recognizes his brothers. They don't recognize him. But can you imagine at this point being Joseph? What would you do? As humans, we remember when we've been wronged, I believe. 
There's something in us that just burns when we've been wronged. Joseph remembered being wronged, thrown into a pit in the middle of the desert, sold into slavery by your jealous brothers. Can you imagine the potential righteous anger that's burning within him? And who would blame him? And yet, what we read today is that when the brothers came to him and they begged him, they didn't know it was his brother yet, but they begged him for forgiveness. Most of us, if we were in Joseph's shoes, we probably would have said, what's to say you're not going to do it again? What's to say you're just not going to bail on me again? But instead, Joseph responded like this. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear, I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph didn't hold this horrendous sin against his brothers. He gave them forgiveness solely as a free gift of grace. He didn't have to. He did not have to do this. But because he loved them, he forgave them. And in forgiving them, they were given new life. Grace gives new life. One of my favorite passages in scriptures, I have a lot of them, but one of my favorites goes like this. It's John chapter 1, verse 16. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the fullness of Jesus Christ, we all have received grace upon grace. Grace is a free gift, undeserved. Because of God's love for us, he says, I give you forgiveness. No matter what, I, gi I give it to you. I just imagine grace upon grace like an ice cream sundae where it's just grace. Here you go. Boom, here's more. Boom, here's more. Boom, grace upon grace upon grace is what we receive from Jesus. And I have tried my best in my adult life in particular, once this passage and this love of Jesus has come upon me, to live my life according to this motto. <laughs> to extend grace upon grace to other people. And here's why. Here's why I want to do this, because there's always going to be conflict. There will always be hurt feelings. There will always be people who are trying to wrong me and wrong you. And I've just decided I'm going to do what Jesus does for people, and I'm going to give grace upon grace. I don't do it perfectly, but it's my intent. And in so doing, I will tell you what, it is incredibly freeing. It's, it's incredibly freeing because I don't have to spend my energy holding grudges. <laughs> I don't have to be in charge of uh, administering justice to people, keeping track of people's wrongs and deciding when I'm going to react and when I'm going to forgive. I don't need to protect myself from people who decide to do me wrong because I've already received grace upon grace upon grace. Why not give it to other people? Grace upon grace. Grace changes lives. At times when I was being pulled over repeatedly, I seriously had conversations with God saying, God, it would be better if you would just punish me. It would be better if you would just punish me and get it over with. But you know what? When I think back on it, if that were the case, I probably would have just paid the fine been angry with the police and, and just kept on. But now, truly, grace has changed my life. 
because I didn't want to take the grace for granted. And I would tell you, don't take grace for granted. The grace of God changes our lives. It's changed mine, not just my driving habits, but my whole life. I cannot imagine if I were held accountable for every single one of my sins. I can't imagine if I had to pay the penalty for every single one of my sins. It is unfathomable. It is unfathomable the amount of punishment I would deserve, yet forgiveness comes to us, is given to us because of the grace of God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus was the perfect sacrificial lamb that was paid for the sins of the whole world. God sent his one and only son into this world in order that you and I could be forgiven and have eternal life. Jesus came into this world to give up his whole life so that you and I could have life and have it to the full. My friends in Christ, as we gather together today, if you are struggling in your life to receive for yourself this gift of forgiveness, I tell you today, and I just tell you boldly, you are forgiven. You are. You are forgiven. Because when Jesus says something, he means it. And Jesus says to you today, you are forgiven. So as we go this day back into the world, as we continue in this red letter challenge, we're going to continue to put the words of Jesus into practice. And what we learned last week in that being week, that's not meant to be put on the shelf. That's meant to continue to guide and direct all that comes from this. And so, as you continue to be with God, you will continue to experience the grace and forgiveness of God. And in that forgiveness, in that grace upon grace, there's no way for us to withhold forgiveness from other people. The time for forgiveness is now. As people who have been forgiven solely as a gift of grace, we can lead the charge in this world, offering grace and forgiveness in the name of Jesus. My friends, I don't need to tell you, but this world is so frantic, so frenzied, so divided, so polarized, so filled with hatred. And it is so easy for us to get sucked into that vortex of division and hate. My dear friends in Christ, take the first step and give grace. Give forgiveness. Humble yourself in the face of all this division and don't take grace for granted, it comes to you freely, and we give it freely. Extend the hand of grace, my friends, for grace has the power to change lives. I pray that it changes yours. Go and change some others. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.